Amen. Our scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for being able to celebrate this time of worship in your house. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We ask, O oh Lord, now that you will speak through this word as it is proclaimed, that you will give me your thoughts to be my own, and that it will be exactly what we need to hear this morning. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You heard the definition of worry. It's defined as giving way to anxiety or unease, to allow one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. But I also want to read you the definition of worry as a noun. Worry is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. So worry can be about something that you really have to deal with and is real, a real situation in your life. Or it can be a potential situation that might come about or might not come about. We are experts at worrying. It's one of those things that comes naturally to us. Because in life, we know that there are going to be difficulties and troubles as we go through it. We know that there are things that are going to need to be dealt with. And when we think about those things, it automatically rises, raises the anxiety level in us. We begin to stress over it because we know that we're going to have to do some things to take care of those problems or situations. When Jesus told us to follow him, he never promised that we wouldn't have situations in our lives or difficulties. He never said, if you follow me, it's just going to be smooth sailing from here on out. What he did say was that whenever we face situations in our lives that we could not handle, that we felt like we're out of our control, 
He would be there for us, that he would walk through those with us. We all think about our troubles and difficulties. When I mention troubles and difficulties right now, you can think of some just for today. I'm not even talking about tomorrow or the whole week. I'm talking about just for today. You already have dealt with some troubles this morning, haven't you? Things that you knew you had to deal with. And when you dealt with them, when you thought about them, you had to make a choice. Do I dwell on my troubles? Do I dwell on the thoughts about what I'm going to do? Or do I trust that God is going to help me through those things and I'm going to find the way through? You see, when we worry too much about things, it steals our peace because our mind gets occupied in trying to resolve situations. We kind of get stuck. And when we get stuck, it leads to anxiety. And that anxiety leads to uneasiness. And uneasiness means no peace. You lose that peace. Well, it's, there's a lot of sports going on, so I'm going to use a sports expression. It's called bend, but do not break. Some of you might be familiar with that expression. What it means is that in sports, you have to keep the game close because if you can keep the game close and score, by the end of the game, anything can happen and you might actually win. Bend, but don't break. When I apply that to anxiety and when I apply that to worry, when I apply that to this scripture, I think about the fact that God wants us to bend, but not break. He knows that we have to think about the situations. He knows that we have to consider what we're going to be doing. He knows that we have to consider our options. But he doesn't want us to dwell on it to the point that we're so far behind that we can't catch up at the end. You know, the, the game in Georgia was decided before halftime. If you didn't watch it, UGA won like 50-something points to seven. When you win like that, there's no catching up. When we worry about things way too much, we basically fall behind. And if you fall too far behind, it might feel like it's insurmountable, that there's no way that you can get through it. And so many times, that is the way anxiety takes over us. When we think, we consider, and we ponder, but then we go to dwelling on it, that dwelling on our troubles and difficulties lets anxiety grow. And boy, once anxiety gets going, it's like a snowball. It begins small, but it grows. The more we dwell on it, the bigger it grows. So the advice given in Scripture makes sense. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or drink, about your body and about what you will wear. But it's easier than done, right? It's easy to say, don't worry about stuff. The reality is that it's hard to be carefree. It's hard to just let go of things and not worry about them. Even as we sit here in service, some of you are already planning lunch. Some of you are already making a mental list of what you need to stop by the store to get on your way home so you can cook whatever you're making. Some of you that are not wanting to cook are already thinking, at what time do I need to put in that online order so I can pick it up after the service? And you're just struggling because you don't know how long that preacher is going to go. 
You see, we stress, we, we worry about things. We begin to plan, and sometimes we let that planning become worry, and we let that worry take over because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. It's just easy to worry. It just doesn't take much to get into it. But to dwell on what is wrong in the world, whatever is wrong in our situation, whatever is wrong at our job, whatever is wrong with our family, does not resolve anything. Matthew points out that basically we don't need to worry because when we worry, what we are doing is we're not trusting God with whatever it is that we're worrying about. He says if you're worrying, then that means that you're not putting your faith and your confidence in your heavenly Father, who, by the way, knows what you need. He knows what it is that you need this very moment. He knows how to take care of you. And so Matthew gives us an example. He says, doesn't God take care of creation? Doesn't he take care of the birds in the field? None of them work. None of them have bank accounts. None of them have IRAs, yet they eat every day. Yet they're provided for. Our scripture reminds us that if God can take care of creation, of the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, the, the grass, if he can take care of all of these things, what makes us believe that he can't take care of us and that he won't take care of us? Sometimes we forget that Human beings are the crown of God's creation. We are made in God's image. We are God's children. And as we sang, he's a good, good father. So if he's a good, good father, why would he not take care of us? You know, so often we feel like we need to earn God's love and favor when the reality is that we already have God's love and favor in Jesus Christ. That when Jesus came into the world, God already showed us how much he loved us. That God already showed us that he was there for us. Before we even knew it, that we needed salvation, Jesus went to the cross to give us the opportunity to be forgiven. You know, God is wonderful about anticipating our needs. And I want to ask you to think about your own life. Is there any time in your life where you received something, where you got something, where something came your way that you didn't even know you needed, but it came at just the right time. I want to tell you that wasn't coincidence. That's called God. That is God already anticipating your need, knowing that you're going to need it and then finding a way to put it in your life. I always say that when I get to heaven, I want to see the flow chart of all the trouble that God kept me out of. Because we don't know the providence of God and all that God does every day to provide for our needs, to keep us safe, to bless us, to help us navigate our difficulties. But we still worry, don't we? When I worry about things, I have to constantly remind myself that I can take my concerns before God the Father in prayer. Because not only does he know about my troubles, not only does he know about my concerns and issues, oftentimes he's already working on how to get me through them or how to provide for my needs. 
I love the image of the grass that is here one day and gone the next. If God can take care of grass, can he not take care of you? Can he not take care of me? Certainly he can. Think about that. God anticipates our need and he fills it through his grace. And Matthew tells us worrying does not even add a single hour to your life. Worrying does not solve problems. And he tells us what the problem with worrying is. He says worrying, and here he's meddling, is lack of faith. Worrying is lack of faith. I mean, don't you believe that God can do it? That God can fill your need? That God can answer your question? That God can heal your disease? That God can bring about your miracle? Because if you believe those things, then you need to be able to not just bring your concern before God, but leave it there. Most of the time what we do is, Lord, I'm worried about this problem. Please help me in it. And then we go dwell on it and continue to worry about it for another week. And what Matthew is telling us that, is that we need to have faith that God can get us through it. But sometimes it's hard to believe because we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We don't see how our situation is going to be resolved. In our own understanding, we can't reason how things are going to work out. But then again, if we could just solve it on our own, we wouldn't need God. This is where God does his best work when we are at the point where we don't know how to make it through and we turn to him and we say, Lord, I can't do it, but you can do it. And we actually place it in his hands. Now, the other thing is sometimes God doesn't solve it how we want it. He doesn't give it to us maybe how we ask for it because the scripture tells us that he promises to fulfill our need, not our want. It's not necessarily what I want. It's what God knows that I need in the middle of my situation that he tries to provide. And he promises that no matter what, he's going to be with us in the middle of our situation. But we want him to just calm the storm. We don't want to go through the storm. We want him to just give us the solution. We don't want to go through the solving of the problem. Yet oftentimes God has to walk us through our storm or through our problem so that we can grow in our faith in him. Isn't that where we learn to trust God the most when crisis hits? When a family member is very ill, when there's a grave need that needs to be filled, when there's something we don't understand, isn't, isn't that when our faith is tested and grows. Matthew also reminds us that we often worry about things related to this life, like what we will eat and what we will drink. And he says, this is the kind of stuff that the Gentiles worry about. You as a follower of Christ should not be worried about those things. But today, if we were to look at the list of things we worry about, we could add a lot of things to that list. 
We don't just worry about what we'll eat or drink. We worry about whether our car is going to make it through the week, if we are having car troubles, whether we're going to stay healthy with COVID everywhere, whether, you know, the kids are going to do fine at school, whether people are going to be able to get together for Thanksgiving, and the list goes on and on of things that we can worry about. This is where Matthew's argument comes in. Do you think your heavenly Father does not know about those things? Do you think he doesn't understand what you're worried about? Because if you believe he does, then you should believe that because of his great love for you, he will help you one way or another. In closing, Matthew brings in the kicker. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When we're putting first God's kingdom, and we're trusting him with all of the things of this world and of this life, then we spend more time being thankful to God for what we already have than seeking for the things that we don't have. You know, we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving, and I do like the Thanksgiving season because it is a time in which we count our blessings. It's a time in which we go around the table and everybody says what they're thankful for. But if you read Matthew carefully, what he is trying to tell us is that we should be living more in that attitude of Thanksgiving than in an attitude of worry and concern and want. That we should be celebrating the abundant life that Jesus has given us instead of living in an attitude of scarcity that there's never enough, that we need to learn that when we put God's kingdom first and his righteousness and we focus on that, that focus drives out worry and helps us to focus on what God wants us to see in our lives. You know, worry is a terrible thing. Sometimes we worry about stuff that we will never have to deal with how many of us have spent hours, days, weeks worrying about a bridge that we will never cross because the situations in our lives changed, the problem got resolved some other way, and you spent all this time stressing over it and never had to cross that bridge? Worry can do that to you. It can remove your focus from God and his kingdom, increase anxiety, and decrease faith. So that's why Matthew tells us, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will bring its own worry. And the good news is that the God you serve is the God that is in your present now, but is also the God that promises to be with you tomorrow and the next day and every day after that. And isn't it great to know that when I get to tomorrow, God is already waiting for me there. God is already waiting for me in tomorrow. And he's going to supply my need. I hope that as you celebrate Thanksgiving this year, you'll dwell on the blessings that God has given you and not your worries, your concerns, or your cares. That you'll actually celebrate that God is with you because at the end of the day, it's not about what you have, but who you have that you have God, that you have Jesus in your life. And that at any point in your life when you feel like you're alone or you can't make it or you can't win, 
you're reminded that the one that is for you is greater than the one that's against you. And that there is victory in Jesus. It is actually God's presence with us that brings us the peace to drive out worry. To know that he is with us. That is why some of Jesus' final words to his disciples were, I am with you always until the end of time. I pray that you know that perfect peace and you drive out worry. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for encouraging us not to worry about things in our lives, to learn to trust you with all of our concerns and our cares, and to truly let go of them in your hands. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will show us your ways, that you will help us to put your kingdom first, that you will help us to seek your righteousness every single day. And that as we do that, Lord, we will experience your hand moving in our favor, that we will experience your goodness and your grace and your provision, and that we will know that it was you who blessed us. Help us, Lord, to recognize that you are our good Father, our Heavenly Father that loves us, our Heavenly Father that gave himself up on the cross for us, our Heavenly Father that has forgiven our and washed away every sin. Help us to walk in the newness of life that we are to have in Jesus Christ and to not worry, but to trust that you are with us. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open if anybody would like to come forward for prayer. If there's something that you're worried about, that you need to turn it over to the Lord, this is the day that you can do that. You can come up and somebody will pray with you. If you want to pray by yourself, you can come to the section between the two green reserved spots over here and pray by yourself. But if there's something that is worrying you today, I really invite you to bring it and turn it over to the Lord and let him take it from you.